Hi, hello, and welcome to Oh Boy, the podcast presented by Man Repeller. I'm your host, Jay Bume, and this week's interview finds Leandra Medine sitting down with the venerable Alexa Chung. But before we get into that, I would like to mention that this week we are thrilled to thank Audible.com for supporting Oh Boy. For a free 30-day trial, go to audible.com MR, as in Man Repeller. This is a great way to show your support for our show just by signing up at audible.com MR for your free audiobook. Thank you, Audible. All right, let's get into it. I killed my dad in my dream the other day because he was in the mafia. And oh. I like, found out really late in the game, age 32, in my dream. And, and so I had to shoot him. That's pretty amazing, though. See, so you're that committed to justice. I guess. In the mafia. No, it was really creepy. It's one of those things, I often have this always, but you know those dreams when your parents aren't your parents anymore? Or something, yeah. or like your best friend morphs into something, and you're like, what? And you feel really confused. Basically, treachery, and it's like my dream world is House of Cards, because my real life is that too. Are you a pretty vivid dreamer? So chronically vivid, it's insane, yeah. Me and too. I can always remember. Do you think that's a creative thing? People who are creative have vivid dreams? Yeah. Really creative <laughs> people have really Super vivid smart dreams. creative people, the artsy types. Um, no, but they do say that is connected. Some people can't remember dreams at all. Yeah. There is something, I can't remember what it is. But I often Google what dreams mean, but it's always the same. It's always just anxiety, basically. Yeah. So one time I told my therapist, I was like, I, my recent dream was that I was in an airport and I kept forgetting to get my luggage from the carousel. Uh -huh. And I kept leaving the airport and then having to go back and being like, oh, there's my luggage, and then leaving it and leaving oh, the airport again. Yeah. And I was like, I, re I know that's an anxiety dream. It was a Sunday night. That's why I, I actually do in real life, though, <laughs> every time I travel. But yeah. And then you go there, you go back, and you're like, there it is. And then you turn around and leave. Is yeah, all it? the time. Yeah, that's good. And he was like, the question is not whether or not that was an anxiety dream, but it's it's what is this piece of luggage that you keep discarding. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's why and you And what was it? It was babies inside them? <laughs> Maybe. There are no babies in my ovaries, and I'm trying There's to get them. babies inside them? Um, Infants. <laughs> I like in America how you can start a sentence with, in therapy the other day, in England... You can't talk You're about it, allowed. it's kind of taboo, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've become everything I hate in people, because many of my sentences start with, well, according to my acupuncturist, <laughs> or my therapist said this, or my new one is, I was on the phone with my executive coach, and he says... <laughs> What's an executive coach? It's like a career coach who but talks also, you off the ledge. In England, that's like a mode of transportation if you have a lot of people that you need to get from A to B. <laughs> like a bus? It's an executive coach, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess he's like a human bus. Yeah. So what does he do? He, he tells you... He's literally a human bus. He takes me off the ledge. He removes me from the ledge. I want an executive coach. Is it for executive people? Yeah, but you don't have to literally be an executive. You can just be someone who is stricken by the plague of anxiety. Wow. And needs help organizing your life. And but So it's like cognitive therapy? Sort of. And he, he breaks everything down in a way that makes it so much easier to consume. Like, I'll be like, what am I doing? Do I want to be here? Do I want to be this person? And he's like you like living in New York? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, and you're happy in your marriage? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, and you have an interest in media? And I'm like, yeah, I love media. And he's like, 
Nothing is wrong. Okay. This is everything else is easy to figure out. This would be and good like, if oh, um, it's as simple as that. If people talked about that instead of you know in magazines when they were like she does it all. Um, she has this and this, and then it's usually the same old. She has it all. Yeah, you know they do magazine articles and they say she has it all, blah blah blah, and there's usually a bit in it where they make the admission that actually, yeah, balancing motherhood with a career is really difficult. But you never hear them actually just say. Sometimes I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing, whether I actually like what I'm doing, yeah. and all the anxieties I think everyone has about whatever work they're doing. Yeah, it's I... always like they are definitely on the right path. But every day I wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't know what my job is. But that's maybe particular to me because no, I don't have one. No, that's not particular to you. That's not particular to you. I think that a lot of I mean I suffer with that. I wake up at six a.m. and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do today. All I know is that my husband had anal sex in my dream last night. It's just really. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's really tough on the mind. Yeah, and then I killed my dad. A married person. The other thing about having it all is why does no one talk about the fact that having it all doesn't mean a career and kids for everyone. Like having it all could mean just a family for some people, just a career for others, a place to live for others. Yeah, I don't know. I guess because yeah, it's it's like the more the merrier that they've got the career and the kids and the thing. There's no way that's possible without something suffering. Right, like your mental stability. Yeah. And then it's probably even harder because you're not being honest about it. Yeah. I think... Like, but is that not how like, humans are meant to keep going? Otherwise you wouldn't move forward. Like to aspire to do things or to like still have goals. You, I mean, I think we definitely need to have goals, but we also live in the generation of too many goals. So, squad goals, for example. Squad, exactly. That's a goal how I don't want to take part in. Taylor Swift? <laughs> Just can't. She's already got it sewn up. Really can't. She stole everyone. She stole everyone. There's an app now called Squad. Oh, is there? Where you can um, get friends. No way. Yeah, because they're saying, I read that other article so the other like day. it's like Tinder, but for friendship? Basically, because the new thing, even more than people Instagramming pictures of them blissfully, happily, blissfully happy with their boyfriend or partner, is uh, f women feeling alienated if they don't have enough female friends that they're like hashtagging squad girls with. Like that's the new pressure is to have like a coterie of pals. Attractive women behind yeah. you. Yeah. Is that what is the vetting system like? Are you selecting these people based on like intellectual properties? I like that you think that I'm on squad. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't pinged me. <laughs> I'm not on squad yet. I, I can be. But what is that vetting system like? Are you choosing like how I are don't you know. choosing I, your The way squad? they build it in this article was as if they were like if you if you're into football and you need extra people to watch the game with. That's that? so weird. Yeah, it was pretty bro. -y, the other actually. thing you can do is just Photoshop all your favorite people into a picture with yourself. Super easy. Squad. Yeah. Squad. Speaking of apps, Alexa. I just burped my coffee into your face. What was your question? How many people are on your team? Oh, in the in New York, there are uh, five of us, mm -hmm. and then in Norway, there are another five. Is that what's in Norway? That's where they do coding with Carly. Ah! Not actually her. Encoding but like, with Alexa. Encoding for Alexa, yeah. No, I don't know how to do things like that. So they, yeah. they sort that sort of things out. If I say, we need this kind of button, then they can... Maybe that's what having it all is. Knowing having a code. team in Norway that codes. Yeah. Do you know how to code? No. Absolutely Do not. Do I need to know how to code? I don't think so. No. That's like asking if you need to know how to speak Mandarin to work in finance, in my opinion. Yeah. Because there was a period where everyone thought that they, you needed they really to speak did. Mandarin. I tried to learn that at school. I took it as an extra class, but then 
it was un undersubscribed, so then I ended up not doing that and just yeah hanging out in the smoking area. But I didn't smoke yet. Was it like severely undersubscribed? Yeah, it was like me and the other half Asian kid at school. This <laughs> is it. We were like, mm. Are you half Asian? I am three eighths. Three eighths. Yeah, drink it in. My dad is half. No. Yeah, my mom is English. Wow. So there's a little bit from both sides. Is there a little bit from both sides or just your dad's side? Just my dad's side. That's no, my, sorry, my dad is three quarters. His mom was half Chinese. His dad was Chinese. Was Chinese. Okay. I have a friend named Harry Bernstein, and he looks so Jewish, and he has the biggest, curliest head of hair. Mm -hmm. And the only Jewish member of his family is his great-grandfather on his paternal <laughs> side, which I find so funny. It's good when people's names don't match the face. <laughs> It's Did you perplexing. get that a lot when you were first popping up? Yeah. People still now will tweet and be like, are you Chinese or something? And I'm like, yeah, no, definitely I am. But on, uh, in the airport as well, if it's Chung on the thing, every time I approach someone to be like, hello. Um, this, does that make me sound too fancy? Like I've got a driver or something? You know, like Addison no. Lee. Yeah. Um, then... They always ask for, for like proof that I'm actually me or something. Really? Or, or if, yeah. What do you do? Show them like Wikipedia? I'm like, yes, I can't really talk about it right now. <laughs> Take I definitely am. Please, can we go home? Take me to the vehicle. Wait, so can we talk about the app a little bit? I'm curious yeah. about why you decided to launch, what your favorite part of it is. Yeah. Um, I just like learning things and. Um, I don't really know that there's like a big reason where I was like, I have to make this thing. It was just something I was thinking about. Uh, you know, I love fashion mm -hmm. and I love Instagram and I love lurking on other people's, you know, sites and, and looking at what they're wearing. But personally, I don't feel that comfortable sharing my style on that social outlet. Mm -hmm. And I thought there could be a different place and that perhaps it could be linked to online shopping and. That, my, orig my original idea was that it could be sort of incentivized in a way, like you get tokens that you could then spend or some kind of gamification of that. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, the uh, Norwegian office was setting up something similar and I was approached by them to join forces. Um, and I just really liked the team and I really liked the idea. And uh, it just seemed like a challenge and something I could learn about. I still feel like I didn't go to university, so most of the jobs I take on have some element of education. Right. I think that happens whether or not you went to school. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Did I, you go to school? I went to school, but I didn't go to graduate school or anything like that, or business school. And every day is a severe learning experience. <laughs> but that whole thing about waking up and thinking to yourself, like, what am I doing? Where am I going? Mm -hmm. That is a very real, I think, byproduct of being aware of the fact that you want to teach yourself and that yeah. you want to learn, which is a good thing, yeah. you know? My favorite thing was school. When, I was, when everyone else hated school as a kid, I loved it. Why did you decide not to go to university? I started modeling when I was a teenager and I just was making money that I thought I wouldn't make past a certain age. So I was in, also you're told, because all the models are really young, mm -hmm and you're seen as pretty old or the graveyard shift if you're like 22 and above. Uh -huh. And so I just presumed that at some point it would stop and that I could resume education. But it ended up parlaying into TV work and then that was just so fun. There was no way I was going right. to stop. Well, because you have a lot of personality and 
a good mind, as evidenced by your being on television and the conversation that we're having. Can I tell you something? This is maybe is going to sound a little creepy, but or maybe not. I don't know. It totally depends. Um, when I was in college and studying abroad, I had a folder on my desktop that said Alexa Chung outfits, and in it were photos of you. This is this what predates year was Pinterest. That? It pe predates Pinterest. It was two thousand nine. Wow! Isn't that weird? That's cool. I can like distinctly remember one specific photo where you're holding like a Chanel wicker basket. Oh my god! Yeah, it was before a show. Yeah, I was wearing cycling shorts. like that. I was wearing cycling shorts. Yeah. I remember because basically what happened was there was a quick trajectory in... Um, when I first started doing television in England, I think other countries didn't necessarily know I was on TV and they just thought I was someone that wore outfits, which was fine and nice. And then I started getting invited to fashion shows uh -huh. and it seemed like I could do no wrong in terms of what I was wearing. So I got really like big headed and thought, do you know what, I can start trends, this can happen. So then I started experimenting a bit more and the cycling shorts was the moment I realized that it, that's not what was going on at all. That was in my outfits folder. For you, but actually everyone was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, oh shit. No, that was good. I thought it was great. You had a big top on and a jacket. I did, yeah. It was you really fun. And that was actually a basket for bull or whatever it's called. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Like bocce? But I would say 2009 was kind of the worst time for clothes for me. Was it? Yeah, because I came... You were, were you testing everything? No, because I moved here to do an MTV show and it was mm -hmm. every day from 6am and I was so tired and I literally just did not have time to think about how things are put together. I was so focused on learning a script in case the right. auto cue went down and all of this, that clothes were very much not right. happening. Or they just weren't on your mind. No, and, and also I was desperate to not be a Dolly Bird kind of cheesy TV presenter. So I wanted mm -hmm. to look quite masculine or like, I wanted to feel, cause I was insecure about this new role. I wanted to feel authoritative and, and um, in control, which for me always manifests itself in quite tomboyish outfits yeah. and man hair. I think you made denim shirts happen. <sighs> that Don't be... you? I, you were always in a, in a Madewell denim shirt on that I show. I was, yeah, I was. I watched it. Oh, good, thanks. You funny. were like our fifth viewer. <laughs> <laughs> fifth and sixth, I had it on in two rooms. Oh, good. Yeah, that really helped our stats. You really saved, you really saved it. Did you like being on TV? I love it. Um, I got sick of it after that. Just I felt like that show in particular, when you've got your name attached to it, it was called It's On with Alexa mm -hmm. Chung. And I felt like I was, there was a lot of pressure. You know, I'd got, come from doing music shows in England that I was very comfortable with. Um, and it's just a different tonally. And then I moved to New York and I was in the old TRL studio and I completely understood the history and gravitas of being given that slot. And it was a daily talk show mm -hmm. and it just was, a lot of pressure and I think um, it was fun but it was also really emotionally draining just because I cared so so much and right. I and I think now now the way the internet's shifted things and that um, people talk about different subject matters and people are open to a different way of thinking it might have gone down better in this environment than it did in 2009 yeah. when I was trying to do like book club or get Florence the Machine or Beth Ditto on and they it just was a different time did you feel like it was unnatural what you were doing? No, it was the. I think the reason it failed was because they were really brilliant at letting me do exactly what I wanted. But as I say, it was kind of not. I don't think it was of its time. It wasn't the right time for yeah. that. It was too weird. It was too. I don't. I don't know. 
now there's more YouTube shows and there's more mm -hmm. vlogging and people really can express themselves however they want and people are quite open-minded about that. But this was not as formulaic as things that had come before it and it was just a bit weirder. And I was, and I realized my accent was a bit March and. You should launch a podcast. I would love to launch a podcast. That's a good idea. I don't know how to do things. I just wait. You just, you like put a microphone to your mouth and talk. What do I, do you have one? Mm-hmm. It's what called Monocycle. About? Monocycle. Yeah. It's a one-man show. Do you know what a monocycle looks no. like? No. It's not, it's not like a bicycle with a seat on it, but one wheel, which is what I thought, but it's actually more like a hamster wheel that you roll through. Wow. Which is a much funnier visual. That's amazing. Um, I talk about whatever is on my mind that week. It's short. It's a 10-minute episode on a weekly basis. Do you have songs? Yeah. They're like silly Charlie Chaplin-esque slapstick. Nice. Yeah. It's fun. Do you like music? I'm not so good with music, so it's um, more like... Do I like music? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> yeah. Music first, above all things. Above all things. Yeah. Pretty much. Even health. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, that's what I was going to say before, is like technically and by definition, the baseline understanding is that you have it all if you're like healthy and capable of walking to the coffee yeah. shop in the morning. So te like, technically speaking, we all have it all. Everyone has it all, yeah. Everyone who's watching this, who's listening to this, because yeah. they've got functioning eyes and ears. Yeah. And they're probably sitting at a desk, which means they also have a job. This funny thing has happened as my parents have aged, which is that my mom is losing her hearing and my dad is losing his eyesight. How old are they? In their 70s now. Cool. Well, not quite, sorry, mom. She's about to turn 70. But um, I thought that might be the perfect relationship. <laughs> Do you feel like the 60s, because what, is your mom just in her late 60s? Yeah. Do you feel like the 60s are like the teenage years of senior citizenship? No. Do you? I don't know. I think I'm trying to convince myself that yes. Well, my sister just turned 40, and I really remember her 30th, and then it dawned on me that a decade can go by in the blink of an eye. Also, Especially so much now. changed within 10 years. Yeah, I mean, it's I just downloaded Instagram for my aunt when we were away for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And she came over to me at dinner one night and was like, Leandra, you're not going to believe what happened. It is just the most ridiculous thing. And I'm like, what? She's like, well, I sat down to get my hair done. And when I looked up, my hair was finished. And I had no clue because I had been looking at Instagram the whole time. Yeah, they love and it. I was like, welcome to 2015. My dad um, over comments on my friend's Instagrams. and Does he think they're private? No, he just, I don't. It's very, I feel like it's very difficult to explain social media to the older generation. And yeah. there are definitely still codes of conduct that go unspoken that mm -hmm. they need, you need to adhere to. Mm -hmm. But they're just going cavalier. Which is kind of nice. It's really sweet, but sometimes, like, you know, if you tell your mom and dad about or someone, you'll be like, oh, I met this person and da da da. And then they think maybe you're more friends with them than you are. And they'll start coming. And I'm like, right. no, 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 guys, you've given the game away. And before you know it, your friend Grace is actually your friend Gracie. Yeah. You know? And I was like, how's Gracie doing? And you're like, I'm I met like, her oh, once. I don't know who that is. Yeah. It's sort of like um, how when people advance to much older ages, they lose all sense of political correctness. Like totally. They'll say whatever they want to say. Yeah. Very unapologetically. And there's an understanding that that's all right. But do you think that's because... Uh, it, back in the day, that was the mindset then. So really, it's not necessarily that they've got more politically incorrect. It's just that that's how it was then, and they're from an older generation. I, I feel like it is a like a mental unbuttoning. 
Mm. Like I was having an early snack with my grandmother recently. It was like a Friday breakfast. afternoon. Why aren't you calling no, this breakfast? No, it was <laughs> it was like five p.m. An early <laughs> snack. There's a word for that. Right. I was having breakfast at 5 p.m. with my grandmother, and I ordered a glass of wine, and she asked for a glass of champagne, and the waiter said, do you want water? And she said, what do I look like? I took a bath already. <laughs> and I was like, Grandma, you can't say that to this lovely man who's asking you the question that his boss asked him I to really, ask. I really like that. Yeah. I don't know, though. Could, do you think we, like, I could get away with saying that? Could you get away with saying that? No, you have to be old you have to, to be to that be rude. Old. Yeah. Because cantankerous, that's hand in hand with gray hair. <laughs> with gray, her yeah. hair is still black. Oh. But I see what you're saying. Does okay. that mean you're not going to grow gray for ages? I don't know. I have one gray hair over somewhere over there. I found They're some thicker. in the, in the um, bathroom of an, when I was on a plane. And I had like a, you know, when you're on a plane anyway, you're already emotionally vulnerable. There's something mm -hmm. about being suspended. The altitude. Oh, is a thing? Mm -hmm. Oh. I cried during Jules and Julia twice. Big time. Big time. <laughs> I actually haven't seen that. But I watched Trainwreck. Did you cry? A little bit. Okay. Um, whatever. I can't remember what I was saying. Oh, I found a gray hair. I had a meltdown, blah, blah. But that's fluorescent lighting. And you were emotionally vulnerable. Yeah. But wait, tell me about that's just your tear ducts are being squeezed more? Or no, what does the altitude make? You actually have an emotional reaction to being so high in the air. Like the air pressure is not natural and something happens with your hormone levels and you become super sensitive. Also, even though it's quite normal to, we've all accepted that that's, people get on planes now. It's still weird that you're putting your life in someone else's hands and you're just following the crap. You're just sitting and there like sardines. Yeah. You're just sitting there like sardines, traveling through the air. Yeah, Who it's knows unnatural. what's happening in the cockpit? It's called a cockpit. Yeah, still bunch of cocks. So many cocks in a yeah. pit. Yeah, and there are all those cock numbers. Cockpit. That is really funny, <laughs> right? It's a weird thing. Cockpit. Yeah. Welcome. It's like the best English insult ever. Like this is Captain Charles reporting from the cockpit. Yeah. And that's a porno waiting to happen or something. Richard. Dicky. It's Dick. Dick, Dick from, from the, the cockpit. cockpit here. Yeah. Are you on planes a lot? All the time. I'm going to LA next week. Have you figured out a formula to get through the airport to look nice in an airport, but also not hold up the queue when you're taking off your like knee-high lace-up boots? Yes, slippers. Always. Yeah, like okay. those Gucci fur slippers have been a great. I can't keep those travel. things on my feet. You can't. Oh, they I practiced slide in out? the apartment. Yeah, I can't do oh, it. Oh, too bad. I have to walk with my toes up going like this. It just doesn't. Oh. Those okay. are good travel shoes because they're quick on and off. Um, and do you get changed on the plane into like a... If I'm traveling a really far distance, yeah. Or I'll just wear athleisure on my flight. What's that? That's a, I don't know, leggings? Athleisure. Athleisure. Like yoga athleisure. to brunch. Athleisure. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have a system? No. But sometimes, sometimes I like to look uh, weird in an airport. Like... Because I think, I love airport outfits. Mm -hmm. I love watching people, because it's the best people watching you can do. Because yeah. it's people from everywhere going, and you like to imagine their stories. So then I like to think that someone might look over and be like, I wonder where she's going. And I try and spell it out. So what, what is like a traditional Sombrero. outfit one might <laughs> Bikini. Kimono. No, I don't have a typical one. I don't know, it depends. Sometimes I wear something completely impractical. One time I wore... Hot pants um, from London to New York, and then 
there was a journalist on the plane and she wrote about how I wore hot pants even on the plane and then I felt silly for wearing them. Hot pants meaning like really high waist tight shorts? Yeah. From you wear those all the time. I do. You hate wearing trousers. I hate pants so much. Why? I don't know. I just think legs are cooler. Mm. No? No, they are. I'm just wondering what you do in winter. It's hard. I wear these. I like jeans, high waist jeans. How do you look nice in winter? How do I look nice yeah. in winter, generally speaking? Yeah, like, do you go into the sleeping bag coat zone come March, or are you just in layers of fur and nice things? No, I try to make myself feel good. March is a difficult month for me. Mm -hmm. Here's my theory, is that when I can't make the choice, I feel like I'm being imprisoned by climatic circumstances, and then I get depressed. Mm -hmm. So I have to triumph. Okay. So I'll put on my favorite outerwear and refuse to wear snow boots. I think hair has a lot to do with how nice you look in winter. Well, I tweeted before coming here that we were doing this and asked Twitter if they had any questions. And like 15 people said, how does she get that hair? That's so weird because I have literally three strands of hair on my head and I spend my whole day looking at people with nice, thick, luscious hair and getting really sad and jealous. Your hair looks thick. Because it takes an hour to like make it fluff it up. What do you do to it? Blake has no hands left anymore. He's got just, he's got, he's whittled so, them down into scissors. They're just like little tiny. Edward, you should call Edward, him. Edward, yeah. Ed. So is, is that like just like, you should use dry spun. Is that what you use? That bumble and bumble, dry spun finish, anyone? He put like dry, dry shampoo and stuff. To and give it some volume at the top? Yeah. That's what I do in the winter because my hair gets really flat. Okay. So I'll put it at my roots. Also, if you've got a bob, then wearing a beanie is bad. Yeah. I did a whole show yesterday for my boyfriend before I left the house where I was putting on the layers of manly clothes I was about to wear for the day. And then I like ran back in. I was like, the sexy rock sack. And then I walked back in and I came back in with the hat. And I was like, and the piece de resistance. Now I am a full man. I was and like, boys won't whistle, wolf or otherwise. See you later. <laughs> Is that when you feel best? No, it's when I feel like worse. I looked horrible. Oh, no, yeah? no, 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 no. I just like, I'm too cold now. To, to care, yeah, I can't, I'm too cold. So how do you feel good this time of year? I dream about, um, I actually started yesterday assembling bikinis, because I was like, That's at some point idea. in winter, I want to go to the sunshine, and then I start fantasizing about summer outfits. That's interesting. Yeah. And the fantasy's enough. Yeah, I just really like the idea of what you would wear. And for you, the key is the hair. The key is hair and makeup. And makeup. Yeah. But you don't seem to wear a lot of makeup. I try not to, but that's when it goes full man. I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. What should we do? Make, Make our houses great. look nice and stay in. Maybe that's the fascination with interiors. Yeah. Or no, I think it's yourself. more, I was always, well, I am always still out a lot or working, mm -hmm. but I just realized the value of actually, if you have somewhere that you really enjoy hanging out in, or it's all your favorite things to look at that actually you'd be more inclined to stay in and maybe right. be less hectic. And that would quell the anxiety conflict. Yeah, that's a good one. Hmm. Are you working out of an office right now or a home? We work in an office uh -huh. uh, just down the road, actually. It's a house, but it's an office. Yeah. Um, but I'm there when I'm in New York, but when I'm not, then I'm just doing other things in different places. All around. The other day I was doing a shoot outdoors in London, mm -hmm. uh, end of November in the rain. I was like, this is amazing. I started modeling when I was 15 and I'm still 
like sticking my tongue out and pretending to jump and stuff. Do you feel like you're regressing in those moments? Uh, I just never, Im I just never imagined it w would carry on that long. long. <laughs> well, that's pretty great, right? So it's nice. It's really like, wow, that's crazy. That's, that's how I felt when I started Man Repeller. I was a junior in college, and I was like, I'm just going to take every opportunity that comes my way because this bubble's going to burst. What was the first thing you did when I launched? Or that did you like? Was it? Did launch? you launch it as a whole no. situation? I was trying. I wanted to hand in a personal project called this blog, Man mm -hmm, Repeller, mm -hmm. with my resume so that I could get a job at Where? New York Magazine. Right. I wanted to write. And did you get a job there? No, because by the time I had to apply for jobs, I was already monetizing Man Repeller, and I was like, let me just keep doing this for as long as I can. And now, five years later, I'm still doing it. That's amazing. Yeah. So but before well, you launched it, you had, like, planned, you thought about setting the tone and what your kind of, you did a manifesto or... Not really. I just had an idea, which was that women dress for other women, not mm -hmm. for men. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone had that idea, but no one gave it a name. Yeah. Well, I'll give it a name. Man I'll repeller. Give it a name, all right. Very good. I like your man repeller supergas. Oh, you liked those? I love those. I'm glad. I saw them in, they were in, um, in L.A. in a shop. Uh-huh. It's called, where it sells vintage at the back and there's shoes at the front. I That's know. where I got them. Which ones did you get? Velvet black. Oh, cool. I like those are my favorite ones. They're really nice. And then we did satin ones too, which were fun. The pink ones. Yeah. Are they yours as well? Mm-hmm. <gasps> Jealous. Yeah, they're the best. What size are you? 39. Oh, I'm sure. Do they still exist best. though? I think so. In some places, I don't know like on they Amazon do. Prime. Uh, <laughs> did you see that thing oh, they've great. got now where it's like the drone that flies the little Amazon box to your house? No. It's so weird. It's what like the that future. What's that called? Amazon? Don't know. Someone showed me a video for it yesterday. It basically goes down the conveyor belt in a tiny box. I guess everything you get must have to be a certain dimension. And then a little droney bug comes and then it flies. It can fly five miles. Is Villoid going to do that? It would be great if we did. We'd need like a really large warehouse and for everyone to be within five miles of You should do are. a human drone thing. Like you're the drone and you're dropping. It's like a yeah. stork situation. So a helicopter. Right, but human <laughs> helicopter. So me and a helicopter that I come down the road. This is what my executive coach would say, me thinking ideas are novel, even though they're not new to anyone else. Right. I have this great idea, human drones. Right, so helicopters. So helicopter. Yeah. A morning snack. How often do you use the app? Morning snack. Yesterday I was on there five times and I got told off because we were trying to talk about other things and I was assembling a board. And you just couldn't help it. Well, no, it's just I found this really good picture of Chloe Sevigny and I wanted to find something that matched her star top. Uh -huh. So then I went on a little troll. I did. I found a star oh. ring for $19. Wow. If you were trying to give the two minute spiel to someone while they were let's say, because it's 2015, waiting for their Uber, mm -hmm. and their driver was only three minutes away, yeah. so you only had two minutes to give the spiel yeah. because they had to be somewhere a minute following those two minutes. Yeah. What would you say? You know, when you, wake, you know when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're really bored and anxious and you don't know what to do? And sometimes you look at Twitter, but it's empty, and you, you're like, okay, I've done that. You look at Instagram, you've done that. Viloid is like the perfect time killer, but you also feel like you're achieving something. So you can... Be creative, it's a chance to express yourself, you can explore different styles, you can follow people you love. Mm -hmm. It's um, a place where you can discover the latest trends and also just a, 
it's like a virtual dressing up box without the pressure of having to actually own the items. So you can buy things if you want, but it's not the right. raison d'etre. <laughs> Bit I of French raison d'etre. So that, this is actually really interesting because I just wrote a story about Cyber Monday. And ha so Black Friday, Cyber Monday completely shat on Black Friday this year. Mm -hmm. Online sales are up and beating brick and mortar sales by a landslide. But overall and across the board, people are spending less money on the stuff that they were buying in previous years. Everyone's like, oh my God, the death of Black Friday, nobody's shopping anymore. I don't actually think that's the case. I think that the vastness of the internet is just so wide that people don't have to wait for Black Friday to buy the things mm -hmm. because there's always a deal to get. And there's also so much stuff that you can feel really overwhelmed, right, while you're on it. Yeah. So this is a really interesting way to see an edited well, I know I like Alexa style, so I'm going to go on there and see what she's putting on there, and I'm, I'm going to see who she's following also because I'm probably going to like what they're wearing. And but it's also, I find that if I, sometimes I can't decide whether I actually need to buy something because that's been playing on my mind lately as well, like whether you're just buying shit because you're filling some weird void. empty void or whether so you much. actually need something. And, of course, you want to, I mean, I like to look nice, so yeah. I like new clothes that's inherently you know involved in that but if you're in the board and you find yourself using a recurring item or frequently being drawn to one thing and it goes with so many other things i think it's a nice validation that actually that would be money well spent right and you would get you know wares per buy how often do you find that you actually do need something though quite frequently here's my my thing about clothes is i'll start imagining what i want and then for example at the moment i really want a yellow pale lemony mohairy cardigan and I can't find one anywhere and then I'll start trying to like pull it pull in it. manifest right. it into being yeah um I wonder what that's from the cardigan mm -hmm. I don't know it's like a combination of Kurt Cobain in that uh MTV Unplugged thing right and like this Mew Mew cardigan I saw once that was lemon yellow so you're and fluffiness I want texture right so you're trying to manifest that right now yeah this, that had nothing to do with anything, did it? No, that's. I think that's... And I keep thinking about spaghetti straps. I want everything to have spaghetti straps. Going out tops are coming back. There's something about a going out top that really upsets me. Is it that they're worn to lure in the men? No, or maybe. I don't know, I just don't like it. It seems really like... I went into Isabel Moron yesterday and she has some beautiful things, but and then I saw this red blouse, and I was like, that's so nice. And then I was like, oh, it's so like, you wear that with jeans. Like, you, you remember, like, I feel like it's quite 90s, and maybe that's cool, but like, you'd always wear your top. With your jeans. There was a top, you'd well, wear Well, it's also just top. plain, it's obvious, right? Yeah. You don't want to wear what's obvious. I want to make things look interesting together. I don't want it to be so spelled out already that of you can course. just, the details there, you yeah. just put the thing with it. That's what they call style. I'm learning, right? Very good. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Pardon the interruption. I uh, just wanted to say thank you to Audible.com for reaching out and choosing to support Oh Boy. Audible.com is a leading provider of audiobooks with more than 180,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. If there's a book you want, it's probably on Audible.com. For those of us who love books and storytelling but have less and less time to sit down with the book, audiobooks are a great way to get reading back into your daily life. 
You can listen while traveling, running errands, forcing yourself to go to the gym, or to avoid falling asleep on your train ride home from work. If you're looking for a recommendation, check out The Clasp by Sloane Crosley, who I chatted with on episode 10 of Oh Boy. She's known for her collection of essays, I Was Told There Would Be Cake, which is also available on Audible and read by Sloane herself. The Clasp is her first novel, and it's fun for the whole family. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed this book and was drawn right in from the get-go. I hate it when you get halfway through a book and it's just sitting there on your shelf, silently judging you. Not the case with The Clasp, though. It's a real barn burner all the way through. Thank you, Sloan. And the best part right now, Audible is offering a free 30-day trial for Oh Boy listeners. Just go to audible.com backslash MR and browse over 180,000 audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. And it's a great way to support the show. Unlike a streaming or rental service, with Audible, you own your books, and each comes with a great listen guarantee. If you choose a book and you decide you don't like it, you can exchange it for another title anytime. No questions asked. Get a free 30-day trial at audible.com MR. That's audible.com MR. Okay, back to the show. Wait, let's see what some of these other Twitter questions oh look like. So everyone wants to know about your hair. Understood. Dry shampoo. No, it's just also, I th- this is my theory on the hair thing. You know how I have kids have really good hair? Because mm-hmm. it's so tiny, it's so thin that it goes mussed up really quickly and yes. it does this thing, nice thing in the sun. I've got kid hair, so, so he, it looks mm-hmm. deceptively okay, but actually in reality, it's, it's, I'm a balding woman. So the thing that women should do if they want to achieve your hair. Shave off half. Uh-huh. Undershaves. Undershave and split, literally split hairs. Split. Not to split hairs, but you should. Split hairs. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. Oh, I think we sort of answered this one, but maybe I'll ask it again. Do you ever feel uninspired when you look at your clothes and how do you remedy that? We were talking about that with the weather, right? I absolutely do. I absolutely do. But Fading I think um, it's just about... Uh, Sometimes that's when like investing in something or buying something from a thrift shop or even like getting a weird straw bag or something. It's about context, right? So if Mm -hmm. you bring something new into that environment, then suddenly all the other things look different again. Yeah. I noticed because when I have a new thing, like yesterday I bought a spaghetti strap silk top from Isabel Moron. And when I went into the into my room and then I was like, oh, this could go with this and this. And then suddenly it's about a jigsaw that comes to life. Right. Sometimes when I travel and I only have a carry-on suitcase with me because that's my thing is Mm -hmm. I don't like checking bags, Mm -hmm. I feel like when I go home, everything in my closet feels so new again because I wish I had it when I was with me. That's actually what just happened actually maybe more than what I just said. It's because I've been away for a month and when I came back to my apartment, I was like... (gasps) All the clothes, all of the clothes. Yeah. Felt new, right? Yeah. That's a good feeling. Um... Michelle Barrera says that Harper's Bazaar called Villoid a mix of Instagram and Pinterest. How do you think it's different than those two? Um, well, it has a, a revolving sort of wardrobe that you can choose from. So whereas Instagram is limited to just the image that you put on it, we have upload photos, so you can use it similarly to Instagram. But it's how you it's how you juxtapose those images with different items of clothing. So that is similar to Pinterest. But then there's more of a social aspect of following people who style you, admire, discovering other people you didn't know. It's an opportunity for people to 
make themselves into style right. styles, whatever, and you can um, buy things. And there's a likeness among all the users. Like, they're all there for a similar reason. Yeah. Um, she also wants to know if, if she should move to New York or California and seemingly has endeavored Honestly, to I think California. <laughs> okay. I'm feeling California right now. How much time do you spend there? No, I mean, last year I was there a lot for AG Jeans because mm -hmm. their factory is there, and I, I loved it. And I don't know if that's just because I was in and out a lot, but I just, I loved it. I love palm trees. And I think when you're English and you come from that environment and that gray flat sky, being in California is so exotic. Well, right. It's also the, the literal opposite, where in London there's no weather because it's consistently gray. Mm -hmm. And in California there's no weather because it's consistently sunny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's sort of nice to experience that opposite, right? Yeah. Um, Yaw Yin. Yaw Yin. Yaw Yin wants Yay. to know if you could literally steal someone's outfit off of them without being arrested, mm. whose would it be? I can't stop burping. I think more interesting is whose would you steal if you knew that you would be arrested? Even though I'd be arrested. Or especially because you'd be because arrested. Because I'd be arrested. Um, I try not to get out for envy because I think that's the point of self-expression. Like, it's something that would look good on someone else isn't necessarily... It's gonna look good on you. Yeah. I had to learn that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> Training short. <laughs> I remember when I figured that out at school because my friend Kate looked really good in these, like, weird jean combat jeans. Mm -hmm. what, are, what are combat jeans? They were like combat parachute pants, but they were denim. Oh. And they looked so nice on her, and then I realized it's because she had zero hips. Right. And I was like, they look good and I tried to get them and then it worked. And then it just didn't work. Maybe we're both maples. Yeah. So I don't yeah, like I don't 15 know. 15 people have said, how can I become friends with you? It's very easy. You just have to laugh at my jokes. That's good advice. So laugh yeah. at your jokes. That that's kind of it really. Be available to like go to the pub or the bar. At all times. No, just when you're ready, when you finish with work. Okay. Someone wants to know what your recipe for success is. Well, it depends what, what you, how you quantify success. I guess it's personal. Well, how do you quantify success? I just like to be creatively fulfilled, I realized. It's mm -hmm. not necessarily the pursuit of money or um, status things. It's more like what interests me and does it... Because my brain, I get so bored so easily that I know I get depressed if I'm not being stimulated. Right. So success for me is when I'm uh, engaging in something that makes me, uh, stimulates me and educates me and just, you know, just makes you excited to get up and go to work. Yeah, that energy. Because I remember, like, I've done jobs where I've just been like, oh, <laughs> let there be light. And even at the end of modeling, I was so depressed. I hated it so much. And so now I'm just really grateful that, you know, you're energized again. Yeah, it's so nice. I mean, a friend of mine just switched jobs. She was doing something for one paper and then she started writing mm -hmm. for a different magazine and it's changed her life. Like, she's just really happy to get up and go to work in the morning. I remember my first TV show was the first time I'd been excited to get to work and it was so nice. How long did that last? I'm still excited. About the TV show specifically? Oh, like the whole time. Point. It was my first right. job. It was a show called Pop World and it was my favorite. TV show of all time. It's yeah. so, so fun. Uh, it was so, so fun. Yeah, that is such a good feeling. 
I, I guess like I, I go through phases with Man Repeller where when I'm working where I know I have to be spending more time on the business developmental side, mm -hmm. it just feels like pulling teeth from a penis. <laughs> Whereas when I get to be all creative all the time. It feels like pulling teeth from a penis is like, that's the best thing that will happen today. <laughs> and when I get to be creative and only creative, I'm, I'm like floating. Yeah. It's great. No, it's lucky. If, yeah, but it's, yeah. But you still have to do the, you still have to shovel shit at some point. Of course. Yeah. Everyone has to shovel shit at some point. So your recipe for success is just feeling fulfilled. My recipe for success is, um, I don't That's know. Really it's so different for different people, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, I think just not feeling trapped in any um, aspect of your life, be that a relationship or your work or I don't know it's it's hard That's we're in really financially confusing times I think a lot of people assume that that feeling of entrapment is part of the package yeah and, and it, it every look that's unavoidable at some mm -hmm. point but if there's a way that you can relieve that by doing something else or doing like a night class and ceramics or just indulging in the thing that makes you feel alive again mm -hmm. I think that's a good is this too wishy-washy? No, it's not. Her second question was, what are three items, what are your three favorite garments? Three you know, you with me, everything is my favorite in that moment. I'm a very, um, what's the word when you're, you're like, I love it, I hyperbolic mm -hmm. person. So if I lose something, it will be promoted to my most favorite thing. <laughs> and whereas before it was just a vest or it was just a sock, I'll be like, they're my Favorite socks. And now they're gone. I've lost my favorite ring. It was, it was my favorite. And now you can't get dressed. I don't know what to do. It was my absolute favorite so navy are, blue jumper. What are those things right now? I really like this ring that I found this morning. That's a good one. Sabine yeah. G. Sabine Did you think G. it was lost? Yeah. And that's why it's your favorite. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, I love these jeans that I got. And then, oh, and then, actually I have it here, it's in a bag, I can show it to you in a minute. At uh, the weekend, I was in Philadelphia and I went into a thrift store and I got a blouse for $18 and it's Ooh. literally perfect. I love it. Is it literally perfect? Yeah. Literally. Literally. Would you, would you <laughs> literally. Literally. Perfect. I had, a, I had a very difficult time with that word this morning while I was writing. Because I wrote literally. Did you already write an article meant, this morning? Mm -hmm. I wrote literally and I meant it literally. And I just thought to myself, I, can, I literally can no longer use the word literally because it's never used literally. Oh my God, you're Carrie Bradshaw right now. You're Carrie Bradshawing out. <laughs> How difficult is that for you? Are you uncomfortable sitting next to me now? I just feel weird. And Did like, you like Sex in the City? No, not really, huh. to be honest. I mean, I didn't hate it, but it was on Channel 4 at like 11 p.m. on a Thursday when I was growing up. I just didn't really connect with it. But I, was, I don't know, I was younger. And then now I find myself living in a kind of documentary version of that TV mm -hmm. show. Well, that's what's so cool. It was kind of the first vlog. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sort of like how Cindy Crawford was the first vlogger because of House of Style. Was that a vlog? It was a, a TV show on MTV. Here's my thing with vlogging. I just don't know that I, because um, I, I think it would be good to do, but is it under the understanding that you think you're interesting enough to hold someone's attention? I yes. have to get over that hurdle in my brain that anything you have to say might be compelling enough to bother to share it.
I think the fact that that thought process is even happening just means that you're self-aware and that there will be interesting stuff to say and share. Okay. And that you should go with it. So I was Snapchatting the other day and I was like, is this what vlogging is maybe a bit? Were you talking? Yeah. Yeah, it's similar. Well, the only sentence I said was, is this a vlog now? That I'm Did talking. anyone answer? I, d I don't know if they can answer on Snapchat. Can they? Oh. You, yeah, they can, if you open it up. Oh, if you open wait. up the floor to responses. Oh, that's good. I thought that was Periscope. You can do it on both. Mm. Okay. Yeah, but Periscope is in real time. It's a lot of stuff. Periscope? All of them. Mm. Do you like Snapchat? I do. I like looking at other people's ones. But I'm less people good at- people that you're friends with, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really follow any brands or anything, mm -mm. but I find them very, f I follow um, my friend Drew from Paper Magazine and his ones of Mickey Boardman like make me really laugh. Oh, they must be really good. They're really, really funny. Mickey's a rare talent. He's incredible. He should have a podcast too. They do. He's just started one. Oh, did he? Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really good. I want to go on there. Yeah, he's great. Have you ever seen his apartment? No. Oh, it is a magical fortress. What does it look like? There are, there are like, there's royal paraphernalia everywhere. Oh, this is why he's so up on this fucking story. He wants me to shoot the story of posh people in England. That must be uh, yeah, a thing. Yeah, he's obsessed with the king and queen. Of everywhere. Wow. He has he has gummy bears in his fridge that were a gift from a someone von something in Trap. 1995 that are still in his fridge. <laughs> He's like, I one time let someone had, have one and I immediately regretted it. <laughs> it's so great. He's a special force. I love him. Yeah, he's really great. I love great. him too.